All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you a podcast with unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Dustin, Morgan, and Ryan, and this week we have a special guest for our uh, football preview, so I'm going to throw it over to the elder D-Berry here on Miserable and Reckless to introduce this week's guest. All right, well, we're pleased to have our buddy Jim join this week. Jim has been a very loyal friend and listener and encourager as we've done this thing for now over a year. Um, he, uh, we, when we attempted to try to call him out here a little while back about whether he still listens or not, he made sure to know, let us know that he did. And some little while after that, we said, Hey, we need to have this guy on. So Jim, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First time uh, doing something like this. Yeah, that's easy. all right so jim since you listen so you're pretty familiar with the format so we normally start off with good the bad and the ugly uh ryan you want to start it off this week sure i got a couple of quick hitters here for good bad and the ugly good um you guys know we've talked about the olympics in the past and i seem to be the only one that cares well the paralympics are pretty cool too we've been you can't say that about the paralympics (laughs) The Paralympics are pretty I can awesome. I say about anything I want. <laughs> exactly. Thank you very much. That's how the next topic rules work. <laughs> well, Just I think like it's I pretty cool. I can cancel anything I want to. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool that they're on. It's really cool to watch them do all the different adaptive things. And obviously, the stories are out of this world inspiring. I'll just leave a note. They're on for the rest of, uh, they're on for the, rest of the week. Uh, I'll briefly... I'll briefly touch on the fact that Mac Jones is now the quarterback of the Patriots. That might be my worst take ever. This is not even a good, this is, this is, this is a terrible by me. Might be my worst take ever on miserable and reckless last year, episode one, I informed America that Alabama didn't have a quarterback. Uh, they ended up going undefeated, won a national championship, and now he's starting for the Patriots. So, uh, and the, your team to boot. Yeah. So if anybody has any uh, comments or questions about the rest of this episode and my thoughts and opinions on college football, you can throw those out the window. <laughs> Do the opposite. It's the Costanza rule. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the bad, I think I'll, I think we can talk about one of these things later, but my bad, Logan, you'll probably know this. The Brooksy rule. Have you heard about oh, this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's utterly ridiculous. You can't yell at Brooksy at Br- uh, Bryson DeChambeau anymore. He's too sensitive. He had to have Roy McElroy come out and say that he felt bad for him and, you know, try and speak up on his behalf. Everyone's bullying him. If he thinks that this is going to make golf fans uh, who are just the most mature people in the world not say anything, uh, he has it sorely mistaken. So uh, that's bad. That's bad on the golf tournament and or PGA and bad on the whole situation. What? I says he related to Kyle Bush as he crying and whining. <laughs> I'll stand up for him as a avid golfer and fan. The it's gotten to a point the pissing match between him and Brooks Kepka is ridiculous. Uh, even the tour pros are talking about how dumb they're feeling about this. Yeah. And golf is one of those sports where I don't think the guy is a good guy, but where the fans could actually get in the players' heads as far as all quiet and yelling. And if people can go in and place money bets, say, in head-to-head that uh, Bryson will lose, then they can go out on the course and yell and get in his head and make money from it. 
it's kind of gone over the line. And golf fans proved themselves to be idiots when they started screaming mashed potatoes and getting the whole <laughs> Baba Booey. <laughs> oh, horrible. I just, I like hating on Bryson a little bit here because I think he is a little bit soft. I'm a Rory person myself, so I think it's good that he's the voice of the sport. You have a fair point about the betting. He, man, did he lose a uh, a hell of a round last week, six overtimes or whatever it was. So, oh, hopefully. I was pulling for Cantley. I did not want Bryson to win, but belittling it feels like middle school taunting now. Uh, I'll touch. I'll touch on my ugly briefly. Uh, did you guys hear anything about this Bishop Sycamore thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just want to make one joke. They exaggerated their talent and got blown out on TV. Isn't that what Texas does every week? Why are we excited about this? <laughs> you're here. I mean, didn't didn't one isn't a couple of players like over 19 years old? Wasn't yeah. That a yeah I think I think one of them was, and didn't he like tear his ACL? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's also was like how. How do you feel when you're 26 years old and playing on a high school football team and you tear your ACL? <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, Google Bishop Sycamore. I guarantee it will come up. They weaseled their way into an ESPN game. I mean, it's a high comical. Team. The initials are BS. <laughs> <laughs> the The memes have been hilarious, though, for it so far. I mean, they got... The latest one I saw was they had Aunt Becky as the admissions uh, director. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, let's see. I'm going to do a good, great, and uh, I guess like ugly. Uh, good for me, it's college football is back, regardless of how the season is going to turn out. I'm excited for college football to be back. Uh, great. My little guy, Brody, uh, almost two years old, um, is starting to get back into a good sleep pattern. So that's pretty good for about a month or two there. He was up till nine o'clock or later and crappy in the morning and during the day. So we're excited to have that back. And then ugly, uh, I'm just going to say the Red Sox all, all over. They were one of the best teams going uh, before the uh, All-Star break and have been one of the worst teams since the All-Star break. Didn't get one pitcher, didn't address first base, and uh, they went from first place in the East to not even having a wild card spot. In a matter of, yeah, in a matter of like 15 days, I think it happened. Maybe less. <laughs> So, no comment. Good, good job. Uh, the Red Sox are ownerships more concerned about their soccer team. It's a shame. Yeah, because you know their main ownerships not important apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dustin. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. Good. Uh, agree, Morgan. College football is back. I really look forward to spending my Saturdays making my daughter sit around and watch Marty and McGee, then college game day, and then college football all day long. So that's going to be really fun. My bad is I have to watch Duke play every Saturday. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. And then my ugly is uh, I'm on a 
week when we're going to talk a lot about college football, I'm just going to remind everyone we're only 69 days away from basketball season. <laughs> quick, quick note, quick note. Are we bringing back the turnover count? <laughs> I hope we don't need it this year, but we'll see. <laughs> That'll be a week by week decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim, first time around. Good, the bad, and the ugly. Take it away. All right. Good. I would say sports. We got college football back. Uh, this is a great golf weekend between the PGA Championship and the Solheim Cup, which is essentially the Women's Ryder Cup. So any golf fans, it'll be fun watching with the other TV when main football isn't on. Um, potential bad, my uh, organization is going through reorg and potentially could get shift programs which would not be bad and um ugly i would say the storms uh obviously down south it's getting hit really hard um for those of us in the dmv area it's ugly just because it interrupted my sleep last night and there's flash flooding but (laughs) i can't complain too much but uh yeah ugly is just what those people are going through very true Right, I guess that leaves me. So I've got a good, even better, and ugly. Uh, the good, just to echo everybody else, college football is back. About this time tomorrow, I'm going to be sitting there for the first time in two years in a fully packed 57,000-strong Carter-Finley Stadium watching the Wolfpack take on South Florida in uh, week one. Right now, we're an 18.5-point fav- uh, favorite, so hopefully we can cover on that. But I'm... I got to go to one game last year uh, with the watch the pack play Liberty, but it was like 5,000 people there. It was fun, but it's not the same. I'm kind of glad to have some, some normalcy back uh, in Carter Finley this Thursday night. Even better is this year. um, This is my, I've had season tickets since 2016 and I've been to every home game except for last year during the COVID year since 2012. And, um, this year, I finally am moving up a little bit in the world. We have two parking spots over by PNC Arena, right out like a very short walk from Carter Finley. So I no longer have about a mile walk from my parking spot to the stadium. So, uh, you know, kudos to my group for finally actually being with the big boys instead of having to to walk a long ways to the stadium. So that's going to be fun this year. That's, that's what life near almost 30 is like, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that's the only thing that uh, that that's a little bit better than college right now, but <laughs> but I'll take it. All right, and then the ugly um, week one uniforms for the for NC State. Um, the helmets I think are cool. I, I really liked the the, the kind of like the brick um, on on the helmets with the slobbering wolf classic logo from like I think it was the nineteen sixties. Those look cool, but the uniforms, man, like it, they're they're an ugly gray that have like brick kind of outlines on them and then the the red numbers in the wrong light look almost orange so it almost makes them look like syracuse and nobody wants that <laughs> so like we're sitting there and i i get it i i realize this is kind of making me feel like i'm getting a little older because i'm complaining about the alternate uniforms but you know what i can stomach <laughs> it for one week if um the recruits and the the players like it because apparently you know the young kids like the ridiculous looking uniforms but week one week one uniforms for the packer ugliest sin so just so in other words we hate oregon still yes yeah. oregon still We're ruining football <laughs> hey hey logan 
just hope you don't play like Syracuse. Be okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> as long as we don't play like Syracuse, I, I can deal with it. But if you play like Oregon, I bet you'll be singing a different tune next week. You'll be on here. Let's go. <laughs> screaming about the uniforms. <laughs> Who'd you right. say you were playing? Uh, South Florida. Rated football teams. <laughs> Team from the American. Please don't lose to them. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> But the last time they were in Carter Finley was 2008 and um, they were ranked 13th in the country and beat us 41 to 10, but their program is not in the shape that it was back then. So we, we should win rather easily, but we'll see. <clears throat> All right. So that's good, bad, and the ugly this week. Throwing it over to Ryan for Florida or the field. All right. So Jim, I think you know how this works. We go through a ridiculous story. Dustin always guesses Florida. I don't know what Logan or Morgan are going to do. <laughs> oh, sorry, I got it wrong. So you'll add to uh, you'll add to it this week. Here's the uh, here's the headline. The field. Man says he tried to show off on first date with high speed police chase. A man arrested for leading police on a high speed chase has explained the chase as an attempt to impress his passenger during a first date. police department officers arrested the now i'm gonna give you guys a guess what age do you think this gentleman is 32 lower much lower (laughs) 23 i'm gonna say 18 very close 22 22 22 year old motorcyclist on a saturday night after he because you know this was happening on a tuesday on a saturday night After he ran a red light and sped away as police tried to pull him over, riding a white motorcycle, allegedly made eye contact with police, classy, before beginning the chase. That's how you know she's impressed. When you make eye contact with the police and then take off. Following his arrest, he told officers he had been trying to, quote, show off, end of quote, during a first date with the woman who was riding as a passenger on the back of his motorcycle. Police temporarily broke off the chase while he darted through traffic, running multiple additional red lights, just adding to the mystique, I'm sure, and traveling at well over 100 miles per hour. They were able to apprehend him at an intersection minutes later. Court records indicate that he also refused to slow down as his date was, quote, screaming at him to stop. (laughs) We have some fathers uh, on the podcast here that have... uh, have have children. I'm sure that you guys are looking forward to these first dates. Uh, he admitted to the offense. An officer wrote in the arrest affidavit. The defendant stated he was trying to show off for his date. The female said she was screaming him to stop, but he refused. This was their first date and would be their last. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to read the rest of it. He was arrested. They let him out of jail. That was nice. But um, where, where do you think this occurred? Florida. And if it was my daughter, it would end in my backyard. <laughs> uh, Dustin, I think I know where you're going. Go ahead. Field, of course. Okay. Field's got to win one of these days. <laughs> Jim, what do you think? I'll go more specific. East coast of Florida. <laughs> Saw you Googling over there. <laughs> yeah. Logan? I'm going with Florida on this. This just sounds too ridiculous to be anywhere else. It's Clearwater, Florida. Oh, it's back in the Tampa area, of course. What the hell is Birch up to? <laughs> oh my goodness. 
this is uh, this is becoming y- y'all ever watch uh or watch listen to john boy and billy oh yeah uh, over the years so yeah. one of their segments that they would do all the time is it basically was like always take c it was it was the segment <laughs> and they'd ask a question and and it didn't matter like whether it didn't matter whether it was the right answer or not it was just you always took c yeah and and this segment is becoming that always always take <laughs> c <laughs> as you it. said as you said previously what if it's always florida are you just going to be lucy <laughs> just or am i going to be lucy just pulling the ball out charlie, i'm charlie brown <laughs> i'll be uh, your charlie brown i'm in <laughs> i try to find stuff from down there that's somewhat funny that like nobody's died there's a lot of like people beating up alligators and stuff like that. It's not as funny. <laughs> it's kind of messed well, alligator up. Alligator would give it away, but yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it for this week. All right. Well, as everyone knows, football's back. So I'm going to throw it over to Dustin to introduce the anchor topic. Yeah. So we just, you know, college football is back. Obviously, we love it. That was the genesis of this show actually was starting to talk about college football, whether it would happen or not. Um, we all talk about it with each other all the time, even during the off season, it'll be even more so once things kick off and we can gloat over Carolina falling out of the top 10, for instance, you know, things of that nature. Um, you losing to UVA, hopefully again, that'd be fun. But, um, basically we wanted to just kind of dive in and look at the season, talk about what we, expect what we see um and you know that spend a little time on each of our teams give a little our own like personal preview um just to kind of kick things off uh the you know the media voted on how they see the acc standing shaking out in both the atlantic and the coastal and i'll run through it real quick um just so that we have a point to sort of jump off from so in the atlantic of they of course pick clemson um but NC State right behind them. Uh, actually, NC State received one first place vote to win the Atlantic, so they had that going for them. <laughs> then it was Boston College, Florida State, Wake Forest, Louisville, and Syracuse. And then on the coastal, uh, North Carolina got the majority of the votes, followed by Miami, Virginia Tech, Pitt, UVA, Georgia Tech, and then my Blue Devils. So, figure we could start here, fellas. Um, what do you think? More or less accurate? Who do you think's a little overhyped or underhyped? What do you What do you see, Logan? Yeah, so I think the obvious one that is almost overhyped every year is really Miami. Um, we don't know what we're gonna get we don't, week to week with those guys. Like Gary yep. King's gonna put up big numbers again, but is Miami gonna actually win the big games? I don't know. Um, I, I just until they actually put up I, I don't actually I, i'm not buying miami another one that i think is a little overhyped is is university of north carolina i think they're going to be good um but to warrant a guaranteed win in the the coastal maybe but at the same time they you know they still have sam howell which is a big big positive for them but they also lost uh Deami brown and um javante williams and michael carter and then uh, I, I can angle. You probably know his name is the other receivers names uh, is escaping me at the moment, but they lost a lot of their skill position players. And then their defense last year on the like uh, 
what was it, ESPN's SP plus uh, ratings, their defense was somewhere around the neighborhood of 79th last year. And I do expect their defense to be better this year, but is it going to be enough to be able to catapult them significantly better? I don't think so. I think they're going to have an average defense this year, but their offense is going to take a step back. But the wild card is, you know, they still have Sam Howell, so they're still going to be good because he's just that good of a quarterback. But I'm not buying Carolina as a legitimate top 10 team. I am. I'll agree with you on that. I think Miami is going to, I think they're overrated. I don't think they use back. And I also agree with you, Logan, um, as well with North Carolina. I think North Carolina is probably still going to win the Coastal because if you look at the rest of that division, there's no real threat. I mean, it's, it's I mean, is Pitt going to be good? You know, we, we were all hyped up on Pitt last year. Well, Kenny Pickett's back for a 10th season, so. <laughs> True story. But, but, I mean, you know, I, I think we learned our lesson not to, to jump on the Pitt train for this upcoming season. <laughs> that might have to be a week-by-week case to kind of build up on. But for the time being, I mean, really, where, where's the threat to North Carolina? They might almost win that one by default. It's them in Miami, and it's funny. They're, they're my most overhyped, but at the same time, they're the ones that are in the driver's seat for the Coastal. And then, and, then, and of course, and not bring up Tech because I'm a fan of them, but let's see what they do with a full offseason now without COVID wrecking training camps like they did for everybody. Um, it's the defensive coordinator's second year now. Let's see. I mean, what is he going to do with the defense now that he's had a much better uh, transition to being the new defensive coordinator this uh, upcoming season? You know, is Fuente going to get fired at the end of the season? Is he going to turn it around and have a more explosive offense? I think that's the big questions for them. And we're going to find that out week week one against Carolina. I mean, that probably be their biggest test for the first five weeks. Jim, what are you seeing out of this media vote? Um, I mean, I think they're dead right. I don't think anyone's going to compete with Clemson. Um, you know, the coastal coastal chaos. So I'd say. Don't trust the hype of Miami because until they do it, why would you? UNC, I agree, is probably the front runners. Uh, no one else is really challenging them. I mean, I would love for Tech to beat them on Friday, but I just don't. There's too much uncertainty with the team for me to definitively say that. I mean, the only advantage I would say UNC over has over Miami is that UNC gets them at home. And the only thing Tech has going for it is it's going to be the first game in over a year where it's going to be sold out lane. And who knows what the crowd could do if that's going to make a difference, if the team's even going to put them in a position to be a difference maker with noise. Um, I know last year when Tech and UNC faced off, UNC, Tech could only stop them if UNC stopped themselves, either through pre-snap penalties or um, – dropping passes. So that's really the only way I could see Tech pulling off some kind of upset is if UNC gets in their own way with the fans or their play calling. And then, yeah, otherwise UNC is going to run away with it. Hey, Jim, we could, we could always turn the sprinklers on again. <laughs> It'll be a little warmer for Dak to go and play with them. 
All right, resident Carolina fan, what do you got? So I don't know if if it showed up or if we've necessarily explicitly said this, but Jim, you're a graduate of Virginia Tech, so obviously you would love for Virginia Tech to go out there and kick some butt. <laughs> Long-time season holder, but I, I will admit um, my give-a-damn is at an all-time low for Virginia Tech football. It's just been very tough. Going into 2020, it was just thankful that football was playing, and then we got it. And eh, could, could we have not? But we'll see what this year holds. It's I agree, Jim. It, it, it was a bad season. <laughs> so having expressed that, here's, here's what makes me nervous as a Carolina fan. I went down a couple weekends ago to hang out with my entire Virginia Tech side of the family, literally all of them. And they all expressed the same thing. We don't care. You'll beat us. You'll wipe the floor with us. Uh, I'm a fan of the 18 and 0 Patriots. All right. Look, <laughs> that, that I don't, I don't, I don't like these types of games. 18 and these, one, right? Yeah. These are trap games. As soon as everybody says, Hey, Oh yeah, look, Oh, they're so, they're so wonderful. Look, number five, Sam Howell's going number, number, number zero in the draft. You can't even draft anybody in front of him. He's so good. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is not good. I don't feel good about this. That said, if we can get past Virginia tech on Friday, because that's always smart, right? When the team looks past the team, um, then the really the, the scheduled games that I'd be worried about are Notre Dame and NC State. I have this is a look ahead to the future, but in that conference, because of the teams that we're playing, and because we don't have to play Clemson and they don't have to play us, and the whole thing, I, it's I would guess that it's Notre Dame and State. And the reason uh, for losses, I think that the Virginia game is close. The pit game for some reason always ends up being close too, but I think that we'll be a better team this year. I'll leave it at that. The defense will be better. I'll leave it at that for now. Um, the reason why I would feel comfortable picking Carolina, even in a tiebreaker is because I think even nine and three wins this division. And, uh, if you win the conference game, um, a nine and three Carolina team could roll into Charlotte and potentially compete in all seriousness with a Clemson team. Don't know if that'll happen or not. But if you put them on the field, you never know what will happen, right? I think Miami's going to fall off a cliff after they lose to Alabama. I truly believe that. I think Alabama's going to come in. Miami's going to see what they have on the field, and yeah. that's going to be the end of that. That's reasonable. So I think it's going to be between North Carolina and the Hokies, honestly. And I'm not yeah. just saying that to, to, to chew butt. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I really do. I agree. Alabama's going to knock Miami in the teeth in the first quarter, and that's going to be all she wrote for them. Punch him in the mouth, if you will. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's true. They, that's there was actually someone who wrote about that. Um, I think the ACC has had like five teams play um, Alabama week one in like the past, like, I don't know, 10 years, eight years, something like that. And every single team lost at least five games that year. So it is kind of deflating to go get your ass kicked on week one. I don't think NC State has a chance to beat Clemson, but I think NC State is underhyped. I truly believe that. I agree. I think NC State's going to have a good season this year. And it's because of their defense and their yeah. running back. They have a lot of good key players returning. Isn't that right, Logan? Yeah, we have nine of 11 offensive starters back and pretty much the entire defense. Um, yeah, it, that, that. We, I'll, I'll get more into it when we um, when we get to where we break down our own team. But 
we have ten and two talent, but I really think we go eight and four because we are who we are. Because you're the wolf pack. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't completely disagree with or too much disagree with any of this. I'd say I rode the U train last year. I'm getting on it this year because somebody's got to beat Carolina. So I'm on board. Choo choo. Let's go, boys. Turnover chain. Um, <laughs> yeah, all about that turnover chain. I love the flashiness. It's, it's that's who I am through and through. So, um, Derek King, that's my quarterback. <laughs> that's my QB. That's my man. He's in his look. They, they will be all about how healthy is he and his knee. But if he does well and if they can get over that Alabama ass kicking, you know, who knows? It'll, we'll see how the, the year goes. But the rest of the, I mean, the Coastal is the Coastal, right? There's been, what, seven different winners in seven years? It's a mess. And it's just, yeah. I mean, it's terrible. Uh, I agree with you. I think, I mean, in this media poll, they had stayed second. But I think just if you read anything across the internet, a lot of people don't give NC State any credit. And I think that with what they've got returning, they should have a good year. But because I've watched my brother be an NC State fan for a while, I'm always apprehensive of ever believing in anything NC State does. College yeah. World Series is proof of that. Even when we're about to win a national title in another sport, we get hit with the COVID outbreak. So, um, you know, rest of the league, like just kind of running through, and you know, I think Florida State takes a little bit of a step forward. They're, they'll probably get in a. I think I believe they can get six and six and win a bowl. You go to a bowl game this year. Um, their recruiting also has picked up big time. Uh, in the past two years, I, in a few years, you know, and I know it takes time to get there. They're going to be back. Boston College looked damn good last year. If Halfley can continue what he did, you got QB Phil and the rest of the team. Like, you know, the Atlantic again is just strong. And even even somebody like Wake Forest with Dave Clawson is just a competent coach can go out and win games they shouldn't win in certain weeks. So Boston College is my most underhyped team just for the reasons you said. And that's a game that I'm worried about for NC State because we have to go up to um, play them in the cold at, uh, at their place. And like you said, um, how do you say his name, Ryan? Phil Jerkovic? Jerkovic. Jerkovic. He, I mean, he's a good quarterback. And I, I think that, you know, they're going to be a dangerous team in the Atlantic. Yeah. And they return, I, I looked it up earlier, they return a lot of their team. Um, Nine on offense, nine on defense. And they've got, uh, I think their wide receiver, Zay Flowers, was all ACC. Because, and they've got a bunch of hogs up front, too, because from their old um, pound, punch people in the mouth with the running game days. So, you know, they're, they're going to be something else as well. But uh, any, let's see. General thoughts or players y'all want to discuss? Um, I do want to point out before we get into that ACC preseason, all ACC team. Clemson had eight of them on both sides of the ball, plus special teams. UNC had three, State had three, Tech had two, Duke had one. And I put Miami on here at two just for comparison in terms of the coastal. So anybody stand out? Y'all want to like, you're looking forward to watching play or is going to be good. I'm excited to see the development of uh, Braxton Burmeister, the Oregon duck uh, transfer we picked up um, for last year. I think he started, was it 
two games because the starting quarterback, uh, who is now the backup at Tennessee, because he couldn't win that job. Um, <laughs> we won't even mention his name because he just decided to dip out. Um, he actually played pretty well, though. Braxton played. I thought he did really well the first two games with uh, what he was given. And now he's at a full you know, training camp offseason with all the uh, – first team players i'm excited to see what he does this upcoming season and it's supposed to have a really good offensive line this year um yeah, i think they have a guy uh Kaden moore transfer from uh maryland who's supposed to be a, a really good guy i think he's right right tackle i could be wrong on that i have to look and you get to get in those game. maryland players you know that's when you're on the rise oh yeah and then there's also uh <laughs> Brock Hoffman, you uh, you could probably see him going in the draft next year. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's first round. They've had a lot of hype about him the last two years, but I'm really more really just excited to see what Braxton does and if he can carry the, uh, the offense this season. Jim, any any guys you're looking for? Um, really, it's. Personally, on Virginia Tech, it's the front seven on the defense. They were atrocious last year. They gave up the most yards per play in the ACC. Um, If we got the uh, transfer from Clemson, uh, the nose tackle. Jordan Williams. Yeah. If I mean, I want Justin Hamilton to work out as defensive coordinator, even if it means Fuente stay in. Um, just cause dude's a hokey. He's was on the field. He sacrificed. It'd be great for him to great story for him to take the reins from Bud and keep it going. Oh, and I agree. Unless the front seven can get stops and actually linebackers have good pursuit angles and actually tackle somebody. It's going to be a long season for tech. That's, and then just with Burmeister, I mean, Tech has some great players uh, for in the uh, starting lineup, but yep. the depth is just not there. And that can be no. Achilles' heel going into the second half of the season. And Burmeister, if he can stay healthy when no Tech quarterback seems to, would be great. <laughs> Hopefully he's attacking the middle of the field instead of just the uh, out routes and everything. Um, but that's going to be the things I'm keying in on Monday, seeing if the front set or Friday, excuse me, see if the front seven can stop anybody. And if uh, Braxton Burmeister can hit the middle of the field. I, I expect him to go to the, his tight end, James Mitchell, quite a bit too. Got to improve his draft stock. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So two, two guys in particular that I'm looking forward to seeing um, this year. It, on the defense defensive side of the ball for NC State is the obvious one is Peyton Wilson, right? That guy's going to be playing on Sundays. He's arguably the best uh, linebacker in the ACC this year. Um, he led the team in tackles last year. He's just he's a stud, and he's gonna if he can stay healthy, he's gonna uh, you know perform again this year. But the key to the defense in tandem with Peyton Wilson that hardly no one talks about in the media is our safety Tanner Engel. 
Tanner Ingle's a kid who a few years ago we flipped him from Tennessee when we were recruiting him. He's like five foot eleven, plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he's like a heat seeking missile. Dude seeks out contact. But the problem with that is he needs to be able to maintain that aggressiveness without getting he led the ACC by far last year in ejections due to targeting. And the the difference in um how state played when he was on the field versus off we were undefeated when tanner engel played and stayed in the game when he got ejected or he had a little bit of a hamstring issue last year those were the uh the four games that we lost so tanner engel in tandem with peyton wilson is the key to the defense being good so that kid just needs to maintain the aggressiveness without uh you know getting targeting every other play then on the other side of the ball that I'm looking forward to everybody wants to talk about Bam Knight and that's understandable dude's talented but the key to the uh, NC State offense and I'm looking forward to seeing this guy is Devin Leary as long as he doesn't snap another leg like he did against Duke last year he was impressive in his four games he played if Devin we go our offense goes as Devin Leary goes so Devin Leary is definitely the linchpin for the Wolfpack offense Mm -hmm. going back to your heat seeking missile I was Rodney Harrison his mentor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's the second rodney harrison to punch him in the mouth reference tanner ingle is a product of another era of football <laughs> so can These i days are long gone so can i jump yeah. in because i got a perfect segue to logan's point so nc state is is the light version of two teams that i love watching in the acc to your point logan uh you said arguably peyton wilson i agree uh i think the other argument there is james skalski the linebacker for clemson the big dude with the neck roll um, <laughs> runs around and, and clogs up the middle for Clemson. He seems like he's been there about seven years too. Um, yeah, it does feel like he's been there a long time. He also seems like he's from a different era with the big. Yep, um, <laughs> he looks like Romanowski or somebody running around out there. I think they share the same number on purpose. But um, <laughs> and then uh, you may have to Google that. He Romanowski may have been in the fifties. And then Nolan Turner, who's the safety for Clemson. It's the same thing, man. The guy's getting thrown out of every big game. It's like, dude, like learn, you got to learn how to hit better. He's the same. It's it's, uh, for those at home that don't understand every safety probably can be described as five eleven, two Oh five chip on their shoulders. Heat seeking missile. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's just the way that they are, man. That's why it's my favorite physician. I'm, I'm always a fan of them. Duke had a good one a couple years ago when we went to the Carolina game. I loved watching play. I forget his name now. Jeremy cash. He was the highest. Yeah. Yeah, man. What a, what a, what a dude. That was a, that's a throwback. We were were sitting on the sidelines and he just pummeled people into the sticks out of bounds. It's like 15 yards. I'm like, I don't care. That was a great hit. (laughs) Yeah. That also tells you how good Ohio state is that the rejects from Ohio state to transfer out are the greatest players of all time and other programs. (laughs) (laughs) To your point. Logan, very quickly about your quarterback. No one seems to be making this point about uh, Carolina. As we, we, what we just think, Sam House, just the Terminator. I mean, like nothing can happen to him. Like as the offense goes, so Sam goes, vice versa. So I, I would say that um, that's probably the most important player, literally in in the entire ACC. Not because I'm a Carolina fan, but I because agree with like, that. I mean, come on. So I guess that's why he won Player of the Year preseason. Which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think about Heisman too. People are putting I, him in the Heisman conversation. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that Heisman's realistic, but I do think ACC Player of the Year is realistic for Sam Howell if he's healthy. He's that good. He's the best quarterback in UNC's history, and he is going to be in the top five picks in the NFL draft. Yep. Number two yeah. to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> 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 It'd be great um, if the Bears took another UNC quarterback. <laughs> 
that would be that would actually be perfect but this time it might work out um hopefully they do it the same way they went after your last quarterback oh man kenny simmons would be so mad um the only other i'd mention a couple other people before we move on um i'm really interested to see how good mckenzie milton will be at florida state if you remember him he was the ucf qb um, back in their was it their uh, fake national championship year? I believe I feel so. Like it was. Um, he got hurt, like seriously hurt, and had to miss a couple mm-hmm. of years. He's been rehabbing it back. He he could if he's back in old form, he could be really special for them and really help them kind of start moving back towards being a serious football team again. And then I'm actually surprised that no one brought up because everybody was all over him last year, Malik Cunningham. At Louisville, he's another guy who like took he he did so well as a freshman. He took a big step back last year. You know what are you looking for? What are you going to see this year? Because that that team is that team is interesting anyway. Because it sounds like Satterfield has kind of stepped in it and created some controversy on his own. He I saw he um get you know he apparently interviewed for that South Carolina job, didn't tell the AD, so there was some rift there. And then a reporter asked. <laughs> And he answered honestly, so he's an idiot for this. If he would consider uh, or interview for like the UNC or the NC State job if they ever came up, and he basically was like, "Hell yeah!" And <laughs> so I don't really know how the fan base and the team are feeling about him right now. So I don't know how their season's going to go. But um, nevertheless, Lee Cunningham, he could have another big year. Um, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I actually completely forgot about him. So uh, you're right. He, he's another key player to look out for, you know, because the offensive line holds up for him and he has uh, some people to throw to. Um, I agree. He could probably have a bounce back here. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I do want to point out one thing. Last year, we invited Coastal Carolina to join the ACC and we would just and we were going to kick out Syracuse because they're just terrible and they're not an original founding member like the Blue Devils. So uh, if we were to have them, we would have five, well, four and a half teams in the top twenty-five. So I'm just saying that offer is still out there, Coastal. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk a little bit about our teams. We've done it here and there, um, but we got a couple Hokies on here. We got a Carolina guy, a State guy, and. The Blue Devil here. Um, Hokies, y'all want to kind of give your perspective and preview of the year. Um, one thing I do want us to do is define in your own personal terms what you think success is for the year, what you think is failure, and uh, tell me what you think that final record is going to be. Jim, you want to go first with the Hokies? And I'll kind of yeah. jump in with you. Sure. Um, honestly, no clue. Um, (laughs) like I said, we have, there's great talent and I want the team to succeed, the players to succeed Mm -hmm. because they bleed orange and maroon. I just don't know if the coaching has put them in a position to win. Um, Agreed. agreed. I could see the tech going three and nine or nine and three. And I really don't know what I would place my money. I, with the lack of depth, I think the last four of your last five games on the road is going to 
really hurt this team. So no matter, even if you have, they start off strong going on the road that, and their long trips uh, up to Boston college, down to Miami, um, it's going to be tough on them. Uh, success, not getting blown out. <laughs> like if tech recruiting has been so bad and it's finally starting to get back to what it should be, not even like, it's sad that we're celebrating having a top 30 class right now when that should be the standard. And it's been gotten so horribly that they do celebrate that. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's crazy. I think tech, if they cannot get blown out by North Carolina scoring 57 points and not losing by 40 to Duke, uh, I would count that as a win. And if mm-hmm. the defense actually shows improvement, that would be my win. I definitely want to see what Hunter does returning to safety after his year off with uh, legal issues. And then um, the other uh, defensive back, Connor, I think it's uh, going to be a big year for him. I think the, I think the secondary is going to have a big year this year, better than they did last year. I mean, God, they got to be better than last year. Um, I think it all starts with this Friday. I mean, their season will depend I mean, how it goes, how strong they play as a team together this Friday will pretty much tell us what we're looking at for the rest, rest of the season. You know, um, they're supposed to have, I think their depth at running back is probably their strongest this season than any other position. I don't know what the tight end situation looks like after James Mitchell. Uh, Trey Turner is probably their biggest receiver returning this season. If he has a big year, he'll probably go second round next year in the draft. Uh, I don't see him breaking into the first round. Um, I agree that they're, they're what you said earlier, Jim, about their uh, their their defense defensive uh, front. You know, if, if they improved from last year and they can stop the run, then I. Th- Honestly, I think they have more wins this upcoming season. Um, nine and three, I don't really see that happening, but I don't, I don't think we'll have a season like last year. What's your prediction? Get on the record, Morgan. I'm going to go with eight wins. Is that eight I regular guess. season wins or seven plus the bowl? Because that matters. <laughs> uh, uh, bowl, uh, then nine wins. All right. I, I really do. I, th- I think you, you look at the other teams that they're playing, you know, like for instance, Miami, if they get beat the crap, beat, if they just get punched in the mouth, right? In Harrison style against Alabama, do they just falter for the rest of the season and just not give a crap when they play people? You know, truth be told, I think Virginia Tech wins this Friday. Ooh. Going on the record. Segue for you to, but, you know, the rec- and, and Jim, you're right. The recruiting has picked up this past year. They actually got a bond. They, they, they finally returned to recruiting in Virginia, which is what they abandoned. Like, I think the last three years, three or four years, they try to go Texas to Virginia. Thank Stupid. you. Tony Grimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, no, I, I mean, they, they picked up like uh, with the top, one of the top offensive linemen in the state of Virginia and got him to, to uh, commit to Virginia Tech. Yeah, obviously, until they show up and put 
ink to paper that you know re, you know committing anywhere doesn't really mean anything anymore to your point y'all have like in the last few years been losing recruits to nc state and north carolina you lost tony grimes and, to, and to north carolina and you lost okay. jordan Poole to us last year he was never coming to virginia tech i'll put that on the record right now he his father is a huge unc fan and uh bligh was has been on his on his tail since i think like damn middle school what was the guy <laughs> what was the guy recently morgan that you texted me about defensive lineman or something that you're going after that UNC got uh, like 10 days ago. And I was like, who <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. I don't remember. Um, he's still happening. Pretty- it's still happening, but you guys are getting better. That's your point. Yeah. They're, they're recruit. They're finally going back after people, but you know, depending on, I mean, they, you know, I, I made my prediction, but they could go as Jim said, three and nine. And you're walking that, back. You got, you're like in at nine. No, hope. no, no, I'm not walking back. I'm just saying if they did, if they did do that, Fuentes is gone. He's gone. Well, yeah, we're we're gonna cover that in just a moment. Um, and he should be, frankly. Yeah. Anyway, he uh, Wolfpack, you you're making bold predictions about other games on Friday. You can throw that out there if you want, but you can also <laughs> uh, give us the rundown of what to expect for the Wolfpack this year. Yeah, so top to bottom when it comes to the two deep, this is the most talented state roster they've had in, in 20 years. Like this, uh, arguably, um, it, it's deep. It's maybe not as top heavy as the 2002 roster during Philip Rivers' junior year, but it is by far the most like uh, talented across the board. And we actually have a legit two deep this year. Um, the, the, it's paying off, hopefully, from the, those 2018 and 2019 classes that were both uh, top 30. One of them, I believe, was top 25. Um, we should see that pay off. But like I said, this team has 10 win talent, but we are NC State, so I'm not expecting 10 wins. I'm a, uh, eight and four is the floor of what I find acceptable this year. Um, I, 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 when it comes to the, the schedule, we actually, if we had our schedule from a couple years ago, we could win 10 games, but our schedule is not that easy this year. We've got Clemson, we've got Carolina, and Miami as our two crossover games. So we're playing the best team in the conference and then the, arguably the two best teams from the coastal. And then um, we go on the road in week three uh, to Starkville, uh, Mississippi and play Mississippi state. We're a better team than Mississippi state, but um, the last time that NC state beat an sec team, not named Vanderbilt was 2000. So it, until they can actually prove it, I'm, I'm not comfortable saying the pack beats Mississippi state um, in, in a couple weeks. But like I said, Peyton Wilson, Tanner Engle, the line, we have um, by a lot of accounts, the best linebacking core in the ACC this year. We have a solid uh, uh, defensive line. The question as it has been since Dave Jordan arrived on campus in 2013 is will the defensive secondary be at least serviceable? If they are, then this defense can be really good. If they aren't, it, we're going to be just like we have been average at best sometimes against bad teams really bad. Tony Gibson, our DC, thinks that this is his best defense he's ever coached. And that would actually be saying something because one of his years at West Virginia, he had a top 30 defense. So if we have a team that uh, defense is better than his best defense, we'll have a good year. On the offensive side of the ball, like I said, we're returning nine of 11 starters. We really only lost Kerry Angelon, um, who was who was a really big soft-handed uh, tight end last year. But we returned Devin Leary's back from injury. He's been named starter from day one. They said that he's looked really good and has taken a leadership role. We have uh, Bam Knight as the lead back. Ricky Persons in his um, – his he's a fourth-year junior. 
um, this year as a, as a, um, as like the co-starter, a shifty, um, third string back who's nice change of pace and also plays out of the slot. Some in Jordan Houston, then in the receiving core, man, Mecca Mezzi's back again, who is a, who's a top receiver for us. We've got Thayer Thomas in the slot. Devin Carter is six, four, um, huge receiver on the outside along with CJ Riley, who's uh, the fastest receiver on the team. He he's been out since the first game of 2019 when he tore his ACL, um, against ECU in week one, but he's back as like a sixth year senior. And then not only that, we've got some young receivers that have looked really good. And then, uh, he's a COVID freshman, um, Porter Rooks, who was a, the, the prize of the class a couple years ago, kid out of Charlotte. He's going to be playing in the slot with Thayer uh, Thomas this year. And a lot of times we're, we're probably going to be playing, um, two slot receivers at times. Cause we don't really have a legitimate tight end this year. So we're going to be going four wide a lot. I, uh, with T- Tim Beck, we got him. He was an OC at Texas, and he was like the mentor for Sam Ellinger. Um, had good offenses there. He last year was his first year as OC. We went from scoring 22 points a game in uh, 2019 to 30 last year, and that was without fall camp. That was without in-person meeting. That was just with all over, all, uh, just Zoom uh, meetings with the offense. We got a, we got a full off season this year. I fully expect the offense to take another step and to be actually a pretty potent offense this year. I'll be disappointed if they're not, but that all hinges on Devin Leary's, um, staying healthy. The Wolfpack, like I said, I think that eight and four is a reasonable expectation. I'll be content with that, but at the same time we've won eight games, at least eight games, four or five times in the last like seven years at some point, man, like we've got to win more. Um, I, this would be the year to do it. And if, if the ball could actually bounce our way, we have a legit shot at going 10 and two in the regular season, maybe nine and three with a chance at, uh, to get double digit wins for the first time since Oh two, um, with the bowl win, but I, I'm sticking with eight and four. I'm going to play it safe. Um, uh, well, at least that's, I, I have two predictions for state. I think they're either going to go eight and four or 10 and two, um, anything less than that unacceptable. So your official prediction is eight. Yeah, eight and four with, with bowl, without bowl, without bowl. Oh, that's without bowl. I think they go nine and four, and that'll be our our third nine and four season in the last five years. There you go. Can't be satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Some teams would love to go eight and four. Um, <laughs> Carolina angle. Yeah, I'll keep it short and simple. Um, I have experience with this, unfortunately, as a Patriots fan. My success is the same as my failure. My success is winning the Coastal. My success has been winning the Coastal since 2015 when we lost to Clemson in the championship game on an extra onside kick. I feel like we've been with the ability to win and play at that level ever since. It's been very frustrating that we haven't with Mitch. And now with Sam last year, it was very frustrating that we didn't get a chance to go play Clemson every year. I've wanted Clemson for five years. So my success is my failure. If, if we win the Coastal, that's success. If we um, don't win the Coastal, that's failure as far as I'm concerned. And it's been that way, like I said, for about five years now. You want me to put a marker out there and say a final record? I think it's nine and three. I think we can win the Coastal at nine and three. The three, Carolina always has a bad loss in them. I think the bad loss is to state. I really do. It's the last game of the year. It's in state's house. They're going to be raucous, especially if they're going uh, the way Logan thinks they're going. Um, I think their defense is really good. I think that you're going to have a Carolina team that knows that they're in a decent bowl, peach bowl or whatever. And they're going to be looking for, uh, they're going to be looking for that next step and uh, the state's going to want to take it out of them. Um, The other loss is it's, it's debatable for me, but you, I could see them dropping a game to either a a good Notre Dame team or a uh, 
just a just a terrible loss to like a Virginia or something like that. I think ninety three is safe. I've seen a lot of people picking ten and two. Um, if you want me to really put something out there, I I expect to be in a New Year's Six Bowl, which means that I expect a top twelve ranking and I expect us to win the Coastal. It it's it's unacceptable. Uh, quite frankly, I mean, I'll, it's not unacceptable. I'll just be disappointed. <laughs> It's not like I have anything to say about it. <laughs> it's unacceptable. But you do. Guys. You're 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 an alternative media personality. You do have something to say about it. So <laughs> that's what I expect. So so nine wins, no bowl. Are you going to win your bowl game? Well, quite frankly, depends on how the. Uh, and I'm not even trying to walk this back. Depends on how the cookie crumbles. If we have to play the number four team in the country, Texas A&M. I mean, we put up a decent show for three and a half quarters against them last year. Uh, I would like to. So you're you're sticking with nine wins. You think you can win in the ACC, but not outside of it. Got it. <laughs> it depends on it depends on who we're playing. No, no, we're, no, 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 no. There's no equivocation here. Here's, you either pick it or you don't. No. D- d- Before we get too like far a, along, just, just like we have to keep what? reliving this Carolina, we almost beat Clemson bullshit every week. Like here's, you got to you got to pick. You angle, know, we, a lot of angle. people. A lot here's of people almost beat Clemson. No, sh- a lot angle, of almost angle. out there. ACC, SEC, ACC, SEC bowl matchup. Here's here's why I'm saying it. Here's why I'm saying it. Alabama or Texas A&M, one of them has to go to the bowl game. I don't think we can compete with Alabama or Texas A&M. I'm just saying it. Well, well <laughs> look. Pick, so, pick. so you're not a legitimately uh, top-tier football program. That's what you're telling me. Top 12. That's what I said. Top 12 you're, you're not top 12 if you can't compete with Texas A&M. Look, dude, we're talking like redheads here. It's it, there's no in between. There's no in the middle here. Right? It's either really great or really horrible. It, it. You can't you can't be like, well, if it flows this way, well, no, no, just I expect to play a team from the, a top tier team from the SEC, and I don't think we can compete with them. That's why I chose not to win the bowl game. All right, plugged in, stamped, done. Yeah. I just I I also just want to make sure the record reflected that you don't think you're a top tier football team. All right. Can't compete with a top tier SEC team, correct? There's three yes. of them. Georgia. So, so you're not Texas a top tier football team. Only Clemson in the ACC is. So uh, all we, right. can, we can debate that. <laughs> yeah. I I I no, I'm not even going down that rabbit hole. All right. Let's talk turnovers. Last year, my Blue Devils had 39 turnovers on the season. I think that's some sort of modern record. I I, look, I tried to look it up one time, um, and I, I believe it is a modern record, but maybe not an all-time record. Um, either way, it's bad. It doesn't matter whether it's a record or not. Um, offense couldn't stay on the field. Defense got worn out. And the, the bad part about last year was the defense had three NFL draft picks. Like they had a they had a shot at having a decent team last year, um, and because the defense had to stay on the field eighty five percent of the game because the offense sucked, they had a horrible year. So, um, you know, in terms of returning production, they don't have much. They've only got like five on offense, five on defense. But I think that's a positive when you have when you have thirty nine turnovers. Get out, like. You, you need something else to happen. And in Cutcliffe's stubbornness last year, he was unwilling to make any changes, and they kept running the same down plays in the same 
schemes and the same stuff that wasn't working over and over and over again. And it just didn't make any sense. Anybody who has either played or been around football could could call what was going to happen. Or anyone incredible. who just played a lot of Madden could have called a better game than that. Yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> so, you know, part of me, because of how bad last year was, feels a little bit better about this year because there's a lot of different people in the in positions. The bad part is the same damn coaching staff. So what does that mean? Probably not anything too good. Um, they, they, instead of like doing what NC state did when y'all had a down, down year and bringing in new, you know, new staff to come in, they basically just rearranged the deck chairs and gave people different jobs on the staff, which doesn't make any sense. So short story is probably not going to see, you're probably going to see an improvement over last year, but not a good year. Um, their schedule is actually very good to start the year. We play Charlotte. North Carolina A&T, Northwestern, and Kansas. So it will be astounding to me if they don't come away three and one from the first four games of the year. Now, once we get in the conference play, who the hell knows? Um, I think there's some, certainly being in the Coastal, there's a lot of winnable games. Um, but, you know, it kind of depends on how the team, the way that the team goes. We have a very good running back in Mateo Durant. He was the one all-team ACC. Um, last year he averaged 6.8 yards per carry and that was on that horrible ass Duke team. Um, I think that he could be something, you know, special this year if things go well, the, our QB though is inexperienced, even though he's older. Um, so who knows? Uh, so basically I guess my, just overall looking at the team, we have some experience on the, on the line. We have some experience at wide receiver, um, but the defensive line is basically all new. The linebacker core is or is actually the most returning production on defense, and then the secondary is a little bit unproven at this point. So a lot of unknowns. You know, I heard the Hokie guys talking about we, we just don't know. I feel like it's a whole lot of unknowns with the Blue Devils this year. Um, I don't think that they're a talentless, terrible group of individuals i just think that kind of going back to what some of the the hokey fans are talking about with their coaching staff i don't think the coaches have done these guys a service over the past few years and that bore out last year um in terms of success it's a bowl game in terms of failure not going three and one in the first four games of the year when you pay all cupcake themes um for a final record, though, because I because of the way the season starts, I'm going to pick four wins total. I think we're going to get a ACC win somewhere, um, so that'll end up with four on the season. And what'll be interesting is to see if that's enough. Keep Cutcliffe around or not? <laughs> and Duke, it just might be. Which brings us to our coaching hot seat segment. So we got there's three in the in the uh, ACC that are certainly under fire. We got Fuente at Virginia Tech, Cuckliffe at Duke, Dino Babers at Syracuse. So, Hokies, y'all want to say a word or two or anybody on your on Fuente and, and what your thoughts are about whether he should be there or not or, or his future? I have one thing to ask you before we go into this. You only sure. said four wins for Duke. 
do you think that is a better record than Syracuse or are you guys the bottom of the barrel this year? Uh, I think it'll be marginally better in Syracuse. I looked at their um, schedule. It's a bunch of uh, cupcakes to start the year too. So they'll probably get to three wins, but I think they go winless in the conference and we get one win in the conference. Yeah. Yeah, I think Syracuse loses more games than Duke. I put this in the notes. If you lose to Kansas, do they fire Cutcliffe like on the spot? They should. In the locker room, they should. They won't, but he's in the last year of his contract. Well, I mean, I can kick this off if you want. He's in the last year of his contract, I believe. I think I'm right about that. And, and so he could get, you know, forcibly retired at some point. Um, I don't think he wants to. You know, when you listen to him talk and the way he, like, goes around with the program, I think he wants to stick around, but you know, he deserves all the credit in the world for what he did in the first half of his tenure at Duke. And, but in the past four or so years, it's been a steady decline. The trend is going the wrong direction. And so if, if they really truly believe that they want a football program that is respectable, that goes to bowl games on a semi-regular basis and that, you know, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars investing in facilities and stadium upgrades then they need to upgrade coaching staff. And, you know, I don't mean that I'm grateful to what he did. You know, 2013 was a lot of fun losing Johnny football in the New Year's Six Bowl, but it's been a long time since that happened. And it's just time to do something different. I, you know, they're never going to be a Ryan Angle uh, top tier football team. Um, But they, (laughs) but there's no reason that they can't consistently you know, over a four-year period, you know, win four games once, six games twice, and eight games once, and just kind of repeat that cycle over and over again, especially being in the Coastal Division. So, anyway, that's my piece on it. Uh, I, we have a new athletic director at Duke, so will she be the one that pushes him out? I don't know. I guess we'll see as the season progresses. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think Cutcliffe. I think he is. Uh, I think he hit, takes a. Re- I don't want to say retirement after this season, but if if you guys do have only four wins, he'll probably be asked to step down politely, quietly. I guess <laughs> you know spend more time with his family. Whatever it might be, it won't be one of those nasties like after cans, right after cans, you're fired, get the hell out. Like, I don't see that happening with Cutcliffe. He's had, he has too much respect for what he's done at Duke and in college football in general. So I think it'll just be a, a quietly leaving the program at the end of the season. Like you said, new athletic director and his contract is up after this year. It's like the perfect scenario for him to quietly leave. If and they don't and have basketball is figured out. So, like, yeah. we have a plan for basketball, and I'm sure Coach K picked his successor. I, yeah. I have no doubt about that. But there's a plan for basketball, so it seems like the athletic department can now spend a little bit of thought process on football I, and decide what kind of future program that they want. Coming back to Tech and Fuentes, Trying to fill the shoes of Frank Beamer after he left and what he did to that program, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big shoe to fill. <laughs> I mean, you're asking somebody to come in there and do, you know, take over the reins from Frank Beamer. 
arguably one of the, he's been, you know, his last couple of years were not that great, but he still had them winning games. Uh, with that said, I think when Fuentes came in, I had high hopes for him. I thought he was going to be bringing in a big, fast-paced offense, and it's just kind of turned into what the last couple of years of Frank Beamer has been, which is like the little dink and dunks to the side and nothing fancy that I thought we were going to get. So I think, you know, if I've said after last season, if he doesn't go to the ACC championship game this year, he's fired. Yeah, I was between my, among my friend group, I was one of the last holdouts on the fire Fuente train. Um, For the longest time, the question was, who would you get to replace them? And now it's finally gotten to the point where he has played himself out of a job. Uh, the Notre Dame coach, his name is escaping me right now, but when he Brian got Kelly. hired, he had some down years, but then he was able to make a change and retool the offense, fire his friends and be a division one football coach, something that I think Fuente has not done. Yep. Um, I think he, I, I honestly think he's a good person. Um, obviously, some of the players uh, think very highly of him and play hard for him. Uh, There's some players that if anyone ever read the SI article did not think highly of him. Um, <laughs> but yeah. then, it's gotten to the point now where he has to win. And yeah. he's, it's got to be something that, you know, we saw in the first year where Tech was one possession away from beating Clemson in the championship game and everything looked bright because a loss to ODU calling a timeout on facing Liberty for a 59-year-old or 59-yard field goal, it's just too many coaching blunders that can't be made up for. You had to bring that game up again. <laughs> no, I, I agree. The biggest problem is he should have fired Corn Nelson after after last year. Hell, Corn Nelson should have been gone before that, but he should have definitely been relieved of duties of the offensive calling after last season. I cannot stand Corn Nelson. It's like he reminds me of Frank Beamer's offensive coordinator his last couple of years. Uh, fear. Yeah, <laughs> horrible, just horrible play calling. And, he, and they both had talent that they could use and could do nothing with it. It's honestly something I think the coaches, like you've talked about Braxton Burmeister, and it's his third year in the system. He should be very good. Mm-hmm. Like, But I don't think the coaches have ever trusted their quarterback. I can't remember the last time Tech has audibled at the line based on reading a coverage and changing it is they've called play and no matter what they're going to run it and it has not worked out and i agree it cornelson does not seem to be the division one offensive coordinator even though he's getting paid for it no high school coaches are better than him it is better like i don't know about you but it was awful in the brian steinspring era whenever an audible like you could bet money on it it's going to be a handoff to the right side through the a gap and that was it and everyone knew it you could hear it in the stands 
But yeah. I didn't think I could hate anybody more than that guy until Cornelson became our offensive coordinator. Yeah. Who knew that? All we had to do was talk about coaches on the hot seat for this to really turn into the miserable aspect of miserable. (laughs) Seriously, tech, tech, since 2000, tech has had the talent, but their offensive coordinators have been atrocious. I thought that's why you guys Seriously. invited me on this to bring down the miserableness. <laughs> Honestly, so I, I want them. I'm just going to throw this out there real quick, and then it's probably never going to happen. But honestly, I hope if if this just blows up at, at Virginia Tech, I want them to go after Tony Elliott at Clemson. So, through sources, um, got a couple through family and everything. Um, Apparently, last year, it was supposedly Hugh Freeze. And they had the money, and something went awry. I don't know if there was pressure. Uh, Witt couldn't, from the board above him, said no or what, but apparently it was Hugh Freeze. And that would have been a bitter pill to swallow (laughs) because of his past. Um, I would love Tony Elliott. I think that would be very promising. But they could afford Tony Elliott too. I think the buyout of uh, Fuentes last year was too high for the for the school to, to pony up. I mean, Jim. at least we're not Auburn plant paying twenty million for a buyout. Yeah, well, that's Jim. Auburn though. You know how I can tell that you've grown up uh, watching a team that's actually won some stuff? You're like, it's a bitter pill to swallow because of his past. I'm at a point where I don't care. I don't give a damn what your past is about. If you're going to win my, my team some football games and get me an ACC title, bring on anybody. <laughs> hey, hey, brother. Especially with an NIL now, it's like you don't even have to have the nasty bag, man. Everything can be out in the open. Exactly. Yeah. Mac Brown should flourish. <laughs> yeah, why do you think? Why do you, do you think, think Liberty's so good? <laughs> well, no, UNC, I figure that's why you're getting all the recruits because Mac Brown has been sponsored by Werther's Original. So you can just <laughs> dish it out. <laughs> exactly. And they, the, and, and they got all the great tutors. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I thought about bringing up Matlock Mac, but. <laughs> one other about uh, him a lot this year. I've 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 one question before we jump off the topic. If it's not Hugh Freeze and it, it didn't work out, or maybe it will in the future, how do y'all feel about Justin Hamilton? I've been watching some of this behind the scenes stuff. This guy seems like the real deal. He really does. Can he okay. coach or can he coach the full team though? He got to show me this year. It took. Yeah, I agree. The defense. I'll write off last year because you can't. I mean, your number one player in Caleb Farley opts out. Um, Devin Hunter got suspended. Yeah. And you have no offseason to install your defensive scheme. I really hope he does well. Um, I do too. I want him to do I want him to do well. I think it took he was hired spring of 20 no, winter of 2019 and he didn't get in front of the media until October or November 2020 is when Fuente finally let him have his first interview. And the change of energy was palpable. Like he, I agree. He does bring it. I think if tech wouldn't have pulled the trigger with Shane Beamer as uh, with all his background, I don't think they would pull the trigger with Justin Hamilton and he's a hokey. It'd be great story if he is a good coach and he seems to motivate the players, but I just don't think he would get the even offer. 
the only thing I caution from my school's experience about getting a uh, member of the family, so to speak, that can motivate people is NC State experimented that about that in the early 2000s with Chuck Amato, and it went well for about three to four years, and then it just fell off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see Hambone getting the head coaching job if that opens up. He'll, he'll stay on the defensive coordinator. Hopefully, if the new head coach like you know doesn't want to blow up the entire staff. One other uh, coaching hot seat, just because I have to throw it out there because I despise this team. Harbaugh not in the preseason top twenty-five for the first time. <laughs> How many millions of dollars and not gotten a win against a rival? Just saying. <laughs> yes. Agree. Definitely One of agree. the fan bases with the highest over expectations of any out there. It's him in Texas. It's him in Texas think that they're national championship contenders every year, but neither has won a championship in 300 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> Can we go on yeah. the record and say that uh, Michigan does not beat Ohio State this year? <laughs> That's you know, a pretty let's safe go ahead bet. and stamp that now. I just, yeah, Harbaugh is such a a, a joke. He just yeah. bothers me because, it, first of all, the fans like annoy the hell out of me because they were all up on him. But he just his whole mannerisms, his attitude on the sideline. I can't. Hand, I hate watching him at a football game. Yeah. And it, but I was uh, surprised to see. Michigan is finally like Michigan fans and even the university to some degree has like turned on him and uh, they cut his pay by like $4 million, I think over the off season. And uh, is that why he know, switched his khakis? He turned off. Must be. He had once. to buy a cheaper brand. <laughs> he, he went, so. he went shopping at Belk now. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have those up there, but yeah, I, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause if there's any, there wouldn't be a better uh, open vacancy in all the college football than to see Jim Harbaugh not out there after this season. Yeah, I, I definitely I, agree. Harbaugh is annoying as hell. Who gets fired first? Dino Babers. I was gonna go to ask that. Great. <laughs> yeah, I think he, he's fired before the season's over. They, they, they will not win a conference game this year. And if they don't fire him, then they just need to disband their football program because yeah. he's been pretty well, awful. We've already kicked him out of the ACC, so. Yeah, we invited Coastal. I'm waiting for him right. to join. So, all right. Before we wrap, let's just wrap this up. Does anybody want to cover oh, anything oh, interesting outside did. of the, our beloved ACC? We did forget one thing, the two bold predictions. Oh, for each of our teams? Yep. Okay, um, we won a national championship, <laughs> and um, I no. said bold, not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we still talking about football? Oh, okay. um, I, I'll go. I'll try to come up with a couple. Um, bowl game is bold. I think. Um, what's the uh, next one? Uh, uh, okay, we were just talking about hot seats. Uh, Cuckolds gets a contract extension. Those are my bold predictions for the year. I gave you mine. You guys didn't like it, but I gave you mine. You what? Uh, you said you lose to Notre Dame, play Alabama, Dame and then lose to State. Play Alabama or A and M in a bowl in uh, a bowl game. That's the first one. Second one is. Uh, 
Ah, man, I can't say that. That's going to jinx it. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything say about any. No, I don't want to say I don't want to say anything about anyone. I don't want to say anything about anyone's player's health. That's, that's fucked up. Um, <laughs> I'll go, you know what? Happens. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring this up anyways. I think the Florida coach gets fired. That's my other bold prediction. Wow. That is bold. You heard it here first. Yep. <laughs> Sources. Sources. Yeah. Say. Yeah. We'll what, just leave what, it at that. <laughs> what's, what, what's DP's favorite saying? I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's my, uh, that's my, uh, that's my second one. Uh, All right. Prediction, bold prediction. Uh, we, defense improves from last year on, uh, Hundred yards allowed and uh, win more games than we did last year. <laughs> and that's kind of open. I mean, it's not really a strong. Might not be that bold when you're guessing nine wins. <laughs> <laughs> that is better than last year. Yeah. Bold for the Hokies would be winning the Coastal, right? Yeah, bold yeah. would be winning the Coastal. Another bold would be Fuentes getting fired. I would say bold prediction for Tech is we have a running back for the eh, – I don't know. Maybe Khalil last year did do it, but have a running back outrush our quarterback under four Heisman Herbert? Heisman Herbert. <laughs> I don't know if you've been watching, but he's been scoring some touchdowns in the preseason. <laughs> Maybe there's an NFL MVP. <laughs> You know, had he not set out for three games to the hamstrings, uh, COVID, who knows? But that, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> All right. So, my two bold predictions for the Wolfpack I still, I'm sticking with the eight and four regular season, uh, record, but it's going to become in a way that you don't expect. I think week four at Carter Finley Stadium, we take down the Clemson Tigers at home. Then we end the season at home at Carter Finley, we take down the UNC Tar Heels, but. How we get to four losses, we lose to Miami, we lose to Mississippi State, then we lose to Wake Forest and Boston College. Eight and four Wolfpack with wins over Wake, Clemson and Carolina. Wake Forest. I could see y'all losing to Wake. That, yeah. That's the kind of game that I could see y'all I will never forgive Wake losing. Forest for the 2018 season. We're ranked 14th in the country on the last game of the season, on Thursday night, senior night, blackout game, and we lose on a 40-yard touchdown with six seconds left and knocks us yeah. out of a New Year's Six Bowl and a chance at 10 wins, and we get dropped out of the top 25 completely. That just fell do you want to do do talk about losing to Wake and bad times that you lose to Wake, like when yeah. the referees decide the game's over? <laughs> well, if you're talking about Carolina, we don't care. So Yeah. Oh, that, was the, year, that was the year before Angle when uh, Emeka Amezi fumbled supposedly into the end zone, and Wake Forest must be the only ACC school in the conference without a pylon cam because the, all the other camera angles show he broke the plane. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> Isn't the Wake Forest game a non-conference game, though? Or yes. is that okay? No, for us, it is for Carolina. It is for State. Oh, it's for not because we're in the same division. Okay. Because we're not we're not about scheduling cupcakes. Yeah. Oh, speaking of your boy Cutcliffe, Dustin, you know the only reason that NC State and Duke don't have one of those non-conference yearly games is because Cutcliffe said no. Dave Doran and NC State's um, uh, administration were all about it. The Duke AD uh, agreed to it, and then Cutcliffe nixed it at the last minute. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a for Duke to make a bowl game, they have to have three to four cupcake games to get the yeah, like six middle points. Eastern Tennessee or so. 
Yeah, which is what we. Yeah, I mean, you heard the schedule earlier, so it's that's but, the schedule every year. You gotta be careful of cupcake games because I mean, look, we used to joke on Liberty, and then they come out knocking people in the mouth. It <laughs> took us blocking a field goal with twelve seconds left last year to beat them fifteen to fourteen. <laughs> we, we we slept on like in, in the damn film room, I think. <laughs> hey, we could lose to Richmond this year, and then Fuente would shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Although my dad, my dad is a alumni of, of Richmond Spiders, so um, I don't know who he'll he'll be pulling for. <laughs> well, there's some upside to that. That would maybe usher in the firing, and y'all could go get Hugh Freeze and turn the whole program around. <sighs> I'm just hoping ODU beats Wake Forest, so we're not the only ACC team that lost to them. <laughs> <laughs> we are destined to lose those cupcake games for the all eternity. Let's hope not. Um, any comments on the rest of, the, of America? The conference with Rutgers, Pac-12, the evil SEC, I think Two. USC has a bounce back year. I think USC Trojans, just, and yeah, Trojans. I think they uh, have a big year this year. I think their their quarterback's supposed to be going what top ten in the draft next year. Mm-hmm. They're predicting. Yeah, um, I think they're gonna have a big year. I have two. I think, gold. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I, I just have one comment on the SEC and generally the the country at large. I think it's Alabama, and then there's everyone else this year. Yeah, true. Well, I mean that's a given. But <laughs> speaking of the SEC, I have two <laughs> things about each, uh, each of the conferences. So the SEC, why should we care about the conference trying to ruin football? <laughs> that's my first comment. <laughs> I agree with you about Alabama. I think A <laughs> and M and Ole Miss are are getting there, but they're not there yet. Even Lane Kiffin's admitted the Ole Miss isn't there yet. Uh, he thinks it's unfair because he said you used to be able to go out and get a quarterback. Now you can't even go out and get one of those anymore. So, <laughs> like taking it from Nick Saban. Uh, I already told you I don't believe in Florida. I think Georgia walks cakewalks away with that conference or that side of the conference. Big Ten, why should we care about the conference of Rutgers now? Well, I guess we're in an alliance. So, I guess I'll have to pay attention. So, my bold prediction is I think Indiana – is behind Penn State and Ohio State on that one side. And I think Iowa can potentially take down Wisconsin on the other side. But because we do call it the conference with Rutgers, does Rutgers finish above Michigan? That's my question. That'd be awesome. There are people who are picking Rutgers to finish above Michigan, Maryland, and Michigan State, and they're not effing around. Who's Maryland? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's school in, in Annapolis, right? Yeah, oh, right. I think so. Yeah. College Park. <laughs> Bethesda. It's Bethesda. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. College Pork. Yeah. yeah the, team, the, team, the team who told the ACC to take a hike had paid us money to leave. So You, you don't guys don't have to answer you. it. You guys don't have to answer it. You don't have to go on record. I'm just curious. You know I what? Think I'm going on record. Hell yeah, they I, do. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. What are they, the, the Scarlet Knights? Is that where they are? Yeah. I'm, they, I'm all in on the Scarlet Knights. Uh, if they do, you, yeah. and the Scarlet Knights. If they do, they're no longer the conference with Rutgers. It's Rutgers Conference. There exactly. you go. We will change. <laughs> I, I love that, Logan. We will change it to that saying from here on out. If they <laughs> finish above uh, Michigan, which I agree, they will do it. 
Yes. All right. I love it. We're changing the tide here. Jim, thoughts? I know you hate Michigan. Again. Uh, no, I do. It'd be nice if uh, Rutgers did it, but I think only in Dreamland, the same place where <laughs> Tech's National Championship trophy sits. <laughs> but uh, I would say the only other thing I'm interested in, uh, I can watch the SEC now and root for Baby Beamer. He has a tall task ahead of him, starting a grad assistant at QB, but I'll be interested to see how he does. I think he does all right. I mean, obviously he's not going to win it um, every game, but I think he's going to do all right. I think he's going to do a good job recruiting there. He's going to have plenty of money once SEC owns all of college football, so. We got that going for us. All right. Well, and of course, we'll keep America apprised to Coastal Carolina and general goings on in Myrtle Beach, possibly a Myrtle Beach bowl appearance for the Miserable and Reckless crew later in the year. We'll see how the year goes. But I think that pretty much covers it. We went, you know, pretty heavy on our what we care about. And then if you don't care about that, then you maybe you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> like Rick Flair would say, if you don't like it, you better learn to love it. <laughs> oh man. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Jim, we appreciate you coming on for this episode, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh listen to thousands of podcasts, and this is the first time being a part of one. So a little weird to see how the sausage is made, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Everybody's got their shirts off. It's real it's real strange. <laughs> I didn't know I would have uh, buffed up before. <laughs> so you got your like what like a what is that a squat rack or something in the background? Uh, that's my number one dust collector right now. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent laundry rack. <laughs> All right. Well, for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, I'm Logan's in here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and this week, Jim, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>